Welcome to the cinema. Oh, you gotta be shitting me. Seriously? Book show? You motherfuckers! You could barely do one thing right. How the fuck are you gonna pull this shit off? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yes, it would. I would leave all that shit in if I had been recording. Yeah, I know um, you would. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, I like to do as little editing as possible. Um, okay, so I guess we're all here. Um, I oh shit, I forgot to go over things with our guest. Um, hey, it's all just fuck it. Who knows? Are we talking? Okay. Uh, Sort of. Um, <laughs> um, so, I guess, um, hey, uh, welcome to the shit show. Uh, it's always a mess. Um, all the insaniacs and cinemasochists, um, I'm glad that you joined us. My name is Jonathan Stryker. Um, <laughs> today, um, Ben is, cannot, cannot be with us because he has a new job and a new schedule. But we wanted to get our guest in here, so instead, I have asked on Jonathan Stryker to <laughs> come on and uh, try to help me keep control of things. Um, so, actually, I'm Nix, and this has been the Albatross. Ben, <laughs> or, I'm sorry, uh, Dave, Dave the Albatross. So many names flying around. Dave, I'm I glad you're here, buddy. Don't look anything like Ben. <laughs> <laughs> None of us have beards. Oh no. Um, there's no beers here <laughs> I'm glad you joined us man um, and the whole reason we're here is because we do have a special guest um, we have Scott uh, Scott Drubbit what who... it's not Jonathan Stryker Jonathan well, Stryker I was going to say aka but man yeah okay. I, he really is named Jonathan Stryker he goes by the alter ego of Scott Drubbit only when he writes books and articles on the internet uh, I'm glad you're here, man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for having us. I know we've had this brewing for a few weeks now, and I've been uh, I've been looking forward to it. So thanks well, for having me. My one question, like mm. before we begin, the most important question is: Yes, did you listen to any of our other podcasts before? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right then. No, and I and you know why I don't like to do it if it's one I'm not familiar with because I like to go in, and it makes it fresher for me, you know, if I'm just diving in and and see where uh, my hosts take me, and I'm perfectly great with that, or not. We'll see. Wait, I mean, yeah, hey, you are free to exit at any moment because there's. Well, we will talk about it. Well, he's gone. No. <laughs> um, so the the book is um a a cut below, and it's a celebration yes, of celebration of B movies, which um is exactly what our our uh, podcast is mostly about. Underseen, underappreciated, lower budgeted stuff. It kind of seems to be my forte. Uh, Albatross here, he he has a similar taste, but I think that I I I don't know. Well, here's 
Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I tend to uh, lean more towards like the sword and sorcery and science fiction genres. I do like horror. Um, I mainly because me, me and me and Nick's here went to high school together, and I liked a little bit of horror before I met Nick's. Yeah, and then there was there was no getting away from it once I met Nick's <laughs> because <laughs> because I got to watch. I, I I learned a whole lot more about horror then because like. I come into class one day and there's this guy sitting next to me and he had Fangoria magazine and uh, monster magazine and stuff like that with him. And I was more into the science fiction, but there's a lot of crossover there. Oh, there's much crossover. I mean, (laughs) uh, if, if you're into sci-fi and fantasy, you've seen one or seven B movies uh, (laughs) in your life. Well, like ninety percent of them are B. So yeah, my yeah, episode on the show was Hawk the Slayer. Um, oh, well, there you, know, you go. <laughs> one of my all-time favorite movies. Sure, it's a great one. It's a so fun was, one, but but yeah, there's so much crossover between between that. So you're comfortable floating between the genres. Uh, I find yeah. if you're a fan of yeah. one, you can you can dance amongst the others pretty good. Yes, yes. So, Scott, you are. Yeah. I mean, we we just had some bad news today. Um, I mean, you're you're senior columnist for Daily Dad. Are yes, you sir. still writing for them? Uh, occasionally. I mean, I'm still part of the team and the crew. Uh, yeah, I used to do uh, my drive and dust offs were weekly, but then when I uh, turned to focus on the book, uh, the weekly became uh, a month, and then the month became six and I think I put out one last year but uh Jonathan James at Daily Dead the uh owner and and operator whenever I want to drop another uh drive and dust off I just send it into him and he'll uh he'll throw it out in its old Saturday uh slot but yeah I have over at Daily Dead over three about 335 uh dust offs I guess I've done yeah damn um, congratulations, man. I mean, I, we just heard that Heather, you know, yeah, uh, Heather Wixon. Yeah, I, I heard that the same as everyone else last night, yeah. uh, when she, when she posted, he, she is, uh, just an amazing person and a, truly an inspiration to me. I used to follow her around on social media, not in a creepy way, but I was, she was <laughs> working for, uh, she, That's before what they Daily Dead. Now, before Daily Dead, she was with uh, a couple, she was with another, um, in the early days of the internet horror scene, she was with one of these companies, and there wasn't that much to choose from, you read what was available. And she was very prominent. Uh, And then, so when she went to Daily Dead, I started following Daily Dead on Twitter, the site, etc., and uh, and her writing. And then I actually ended up, Daily Dead was the only site that I sent uh, uh, pieces into uh, that even contacted me back out of, out of everyone. Daily dead was the one who said, yeah, we'd like to, I sent in a couple pieces I'd written. They said, yeah, we'd like you to do, you want to do a column? I said, well, that's, that was the goal. And so we went from there and that was like 2015, I guess. So yeah, nine years ago, just about next month. It's been a minute. I gotta say, I'm I'm glad they picked you up because, uh, especially reading through the book, at least the parts I've had a time to do, because I th- I think I've only had it for a week or so. Um, 
since uh, it, it was in my hands. But um, your sense of humor uh, really resonates with me. It's sort of the kind of way I, uh, back in, in the early days before Web 2.0, <laughs> there were there were all these like B movie sites of uh, like yeah. uh Jibutu and um stuff like that where people would just write up like thousand page <laughs> reviews of B movies and stuff and yeah. just have a lot of fun with it and it yeah. really reminds me a lot of that. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, uh I didn't want it to be and I and I can't be. I'm not the uh, goes through uh, three to- uh, tomes uh, of information, and it's all you know, drier than a popcorn fart. I, that's not. That's just not who I am. Uh, the way I write is 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 who I am. I try to make as much of my personality come through uh, in the writing. I try to uh, make it so that newcomers uh, are embraced. Uh, like in my in my in my pieces, I don't give away. Usually, for the most part, uh, any kind of plot twists or who the killer is, uh, I want it to be someone, someone who, someone who's coming to a movie fresh after forty years. Well, they still may not know anything about it, so why should that be spoiled for them? If not, I'm not saying it's a crime to talk about <laughs> a movie <laughs> that's forty years old and talk about the plot, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which I know we're going to do. But for those people, <laughs> but for those people coming, right? But for those people coming to it new, yeah. uh, I like the idea of someone like some kid or someone older, even who's I've seen a lot of people in the past year or two online who are just coming around to trying out horror and we're talking about you know older people but for the younger people too who are coming into it new i'd like to give them something where they'll read my piece and they just want to see the movie and i haven't spoiled it for them you know i like that idea and i've always tried to do that and then for the people who are the veterans who have been well, you know, that's what the inside jokes are for. There's little things here and there for people who've seen the movies. There's little asides here and there to let you know that, yeah, you know, I'm in on the joke too, obviously. So that's always how I've tried from the time I started doing the dust-offs to doing the book. That's kind of, uh, that's just how I write. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of glad that I do. So thank you. Yeah, I noticed with your chapter, I I... I've only known I was going to be here for like three days. So, so I've, I've managed to, I read your forward or your, uh, and then I, I definitely made sure I read the part about the movie we're going to talk about tonight. Right. And I did notice that in that you, you didn't, you didn't give anything away. No, no, but, um, but we it, can, it, you know, podcasts are different. You can't do a podcast mm-hmm. about a movie without talking about, well, what the movie's about. Yeah. Podcasts are different. You know, you have your spoilers, etc. The piece is, you know, I do the piece, I decide alone if I'm going to impart what I'm going to impart uh, with the reader, and I just always like to leave that out. Yeah, this, you know, we, we spoil the fuck out of everything on well, this of course. show. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's the, the only way you can talk about it. It's the only way you can talk about a specific movie, is to yeah. spoil it. I have had people say that you know I've I've listened to one of your shows I haven't seen the movie 
but I still don't feel like you ruined it for me. I could still <laughs> go and enjoy it. So well, I guess it depends. Been... No, Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, I forget what I was going to say already. There, there have been some of the episodes that I have watched or listened to that made me for sure know that I did not want to see this movie. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, some people will even if the some people don't care. You could spoil the whole movie for them, and and they don't care. They're still going to go see the movie, right? Some people don't care. Some people don't want to know anything. Some people are in between. I'll watch a trailer. I'll watch a trailer six, seven times if it's a really cool trailer. I don't care. And some trailers give everything away. Some don't. But, you know, that's the way it is. I love trailers, right? My wife and I will sit and sometimes watch, like, uh, 25 minutes of the latest trailers for movies coming out next month or something like that. You know, I love the trailers, but I, yeah, I don't like to spoil in my reviews, but on podcasts, let's give her. Well, we'll definitely rip it. <laughs> I, I wanted uh, some other things uh, that I really liked um, from the things that I've read so far. Um, well, actually, I wanted to point out that Joe Dante gave your book like a, a really good review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I I got his information. I won't say where I got it from, but I got his contact information and I literally just sent him an email saying, Mr. Dante, I'm a big fan of yours. I grew up on your movies. I saw Piranha in the theater when I was eight uh, and, and on and on and on. All true. And I said, I've, I've written this book. I would love to send you a manuscript um, for a possible blurb if you like it. He said, sure, send it over. <laughs> so I sent it over. Like three days later, he sends me back that blurb. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> that is amazing. You know, I was fl- that, that when I got that first uh, uh, one from him, I was like floating on air. Same with like uh, Clay McLeod Chapman, who's uh, really uh, on a roll as a, as a book writer, a horror writer. Um he loved it as well. Uh, Josh Stolberg, the writer of uh, Saw 10 and, and some other stuff. He really dug it too. Uh, Bruce Davison, the actor from Willard. Um, again, through a connection, I got it to him. And he says on the back of the book, he says, I love the book. So, yeah, it's gotten some great uh, reactions from from those people and as well as uh, people that I know through social media who've got it, who say they're really enjoying it. So yeah, it's, it's been great. That's fucking great, man. I mean, you, you, uh, and this wasn't in the book. I, when I was reading through like, you know, your introduction and all that, and I was kind of looking through the back to try to see if like, uh, you had mentioned this, but in one of your tweets where you were so thankful about how well the book was doing and all you would, you would thank your mom. And yes. said that if it wasn't for her, mm. you wouldn't have this love for horror that you do. Like yeah. she helped, helped build. The, oh, you she know, threw me right that. into the deep end. Uh, she was, and I actually just, I was, uh, I had got to give her a copy of the book last weekend. And she was the first person that I signed uh, a book for. So that was incredibly exciting and fitting because at the age of six, uh, my mom took me to the theater to see Burnt Offerings, which came out in 76. And I was absolutely terrified. Uh, but she wanted to go 
with someone to see a movie and she loved going to the movies and my dad did too but to a lesser extent so my mom my mom and I were primarily the horror movie goers in our house from the time I was a kid so anytime a horror movie came out in the theater the Amityville horror we would go see you know you name it uh all of the big ones I did see Halloween the original in the theater with my older brother uh who at the age of 14 uh, talked the theater clerk to letting us in because he said that we were locked out of our house and we had nowhere to go. And the guy bought it or was, was like, that's a good one, kid. And uh, and let us in to see it. But my mom, she is my first horror girl. She is the one who instilled uh, in me the love of horror that, uh, that obviously, well, I guess is never going to die. So there you go. Yeah. She's the first. Now, well, I, I think and she's still with us. So. Oh. It's like uh, when I was a kid, we watched a lot of, there would be a lot of things on television that I'd watch that was horror. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like the old, the old monster movies. I, we, my dad loved all those and, yeah. and then like full check the night stalker. Mm. And, and, uh, and then the, the still to this day, one of the two most scariest things in my entire life was the made for TV Salem's lot. Was oh yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that was on television, and yep. to this day, that still is the one that, oh, scared me so bad. And then the second one was one of the very first movies I ever went to see. There was a small, um, the next town over from where I lived, there was a small one one screen theater that was like an old, you know, the old style theaters. And, sure. And and they would they would show movies the year after. Basically, they were like cheaper movies. Yeah. Instead of driving into St. Louis. And uh, that was like my favorite movie of all time, Star Wars. I saw it there first time and it was like a year after it came out. And then, yeah. But also one of my first movie going experiences that I can remember is my brothers and sisters and everything all wanted to see Jaws and they were babysitting me. Yeah. So I saw Jaws oh. in the theater. Oh. <laughs> in the theater the year after it came out. <laughs> and then, of course, my brothers and sisters, well, my brother mainly went on to tell me that Jaws could be anywhere there's water. So I was terrified of bathtub. <laughs> I was terrified. Of, if there's water, Jaws can be there, he would tell me. We go swimming. Jaws is in here. Be careful. So I never saw, I saw Jaws 2 in the theater. I never saw Jaws, but I can remember distinctly being five years old and driving down our street, the street, Main Street in small town. Estevan, Saskatchewan, where we had one theater, the Orpheum, and driving by at night, and Jaws was playing 1975, and yeah. the lineup was literally out the door and around the whole block. Now it's a small town city block, but still, because there was just <laughs> one, there's just one showing, right? Yeah. Or one, yeah. there's two showings, but um, you know, it's a small, a smaller theater, but around the block, and we never saw it. Uh, probably until it came on TV a few years later, I think, when mm-hmm. Jaws 2 hit theaters. Um, but even so, it had such an impact that we would go to the pool and all you would hear is dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> we became, just by osmosis, we fell for the same scare tactics as little ones, as yeah. the older kids. I mean, people saying they couldn't, you know, go in the bathtub because yeah. of Jaws, I think is maybe a little ridiculous. The ocean well, 
Absolutely. I, was, I understand. I was maybe four or five. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, so, and my brother said, and I believed everything he would tell me. So. Sure. Well, of course. I don't think, I, we don't have a big age difference between us. Uh, Scott, I think you were born in 70. Yep. I was born in 74, and I believe Dave is 73. 73. So well, we're all we in yeah. kind of like the yeah. same age range. 70, 70 fellas. Mm-hmm. 70s we're, we're definitely monster kids yeah we um absolutely oh, born I in the jaws. 70s grew up in the 80s graduated in the 90s you know <laughs> i have a jaws story and it's also jaws too because i don't think i got to see jaws in the theater but my dad was driving my my sister and i uh it passed the little bitty tiny one screen theater in our tiny little hometown and jaws 2 was playing and he was like oh hey let's go see a movie and so we're sitting there and horrifying stuff is happening, happening, I guess me as however old I was, I don't, I don't care. I want to see what's going to happen. My sister, who's older than me, starts covering my eyes, like you know, <laughs> as they're pulling the corpse out of the ocean or whatever. And so I start crying, right? I'm like, my dad picks me up, carries me out. And he goes, are you too scared? Do we need to leave? And I go, no, I want to see what the fuck is happening. And my sister is blocking me. <laughs> Having said that, you were probably about four. Probably. I guess. <laughs> and, and, but on the other hand, it's Jaws 2, not Jaws. So if I think a four-year-old can handle Jaws 2. So. I think the earliest film uh, memory I have uh, in a theater is my mom taking me to see all that jazz. Okay. I've still never seen that. Oh, it's a oh, brilliant no, I hear film, it's amazing, dude. but... Oh, it's yeah, fucking amazing. I've never should seen not, it. Should not be seen by a four, four or five-year-old at all. Well, hey, no. at eight, my parents... I went with my parents to see The Deer Hunter. So, oh, you fuck. know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> well, one year for my birthday, I wanted to... I saw this... Um, I saw the previews for uh, Yellowbeard the Pirate, and I wanted oh, to see boy. that pirate movie, and my sister took me to see it. Oh, boy. <laughs> didn't didn't yeah. the commercials have him pissing on people? I don't remember. I just remember it was a pirate movie, and at that point, I was, like, really into pirates. <laughs> pirates and cowboys, and, and, and then once Star Wars hit, Star Wars hit, too, I was like, that, it, it was just all... Anything like that, and then the fantasy thing, the sword and sorcery stuff hit right after Star Wars. So, yeah, the, I, I had plenty to watch. We we've all had drive-in theater experiences, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, because you mentioned it in the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there's there's that one thing that you saw in a drive-in theater that changed you forever. Oh my God, I did. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. that you never forgot. I'm sorry that you never <laughs> forgot. Well, apparently I have. Let me. I'm trying to think. Uh, do Do you remember what it was? And then I'll uh, go from there. Mm, I'm sorry, I don't. All I right. just remember you pointing out. You may not have even specified, dude. Uh, you just kind of said, "Hey, we all have that thing where we were, you know, in the driving theater as a kid, yeah. and it was that one thing that we'll never forget." Um, I'm. Maybe my don't. earliest memories of the drive-in 
was we pulled in, and the first movie I remember seeing at the drive-in was uh, a Bruce Lee movie, Fists of Fury. Uh, oh, a real throws... Bruce Lee movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not Bruce Lai or not Bruce Lee Lee. Or... <laughs> no, no, no. It's where he throws the birdcage up and it lands, and it lands on the tree, that one. That was the first one I saw. But the drive-ins were as such that while you're after, let's say, between the Bruce Lee movie and whatever the next movie would be, you would get trailers. And there would be no editing of trailers. And it would usually be uh, an R-rated movie of trailers that you would get. You would get a few trailers of R-rated movies. And frequently, the movies that you saw, or that I went to with my parents anyway were frequently uh, R at the drive-in. Now, a mild R, right? I remember seeing Roller Coaster, um, et cetera. Yep. But probably one of my most memorable drive-in experience was in um, December of 82. We spent Christmas in San Antonio, Texas. This is very convoluted, and I'll try to make it short. We were living <laughs> in Jamaica at the time. Uh, we had friends, American friends in Jamaica who still owned a house back in San Antonio. They were going home for Christmas. They said, would you like to join us? There was just me, my mom and dad, my two older brothers were back here in Canada. Sure. So we go to San Antonio for Christmas. Lovely, lovely place. Uh, we went to the drive-in. The girl who was about my age and her older sister, the three of us went to the drive-in. And what is playing but... The first movie up is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. The second movie up is The Thing. So it was oh, like a, it was like a Carpenter three and a half hour oh. Carpenter extravaganza, more or less. I know he didn't direct Halloween 3, but it's got his fingerprints all over it, obviously. It's like um, an so extra that was, injury. That was uh, a great drive-in experience and that was probably that was 82 christmas of 82 i think i maybe went to one more in the mid 80s when i came back home to canada from from overseas one more drive-in and then they kind of just you know as video came up the drive-ins kind of like leveled out and started dying off yeah i i remember the first drive-in theater i went to was uh it was called 66 drive-in it was it's it was up in uh, it was in towards St. Louis closer than where I lived, but uh, I saw that was probably besides the things that were at the Palace Theater in the next town over. That was probably the one of the other first places I saw movies at, and then I saw I saw Jurassic Park on the last night of the last showing at Six Six Drive In before they demolished it, and I oh. stole a speaker. <laughs> nice Good for you. Did you guys, to... when you guys went to see to the drive-ins, because I, I, did you guys ever have, did they ever have posted like the big calendars of what was going to be at the drive-in for like the next month? In in your, would they post that in your town at all, like on a community board, something like that? Because our town had that. It actually had a community board on a street corner that was behind yeah. glass and. Every month I would rush up there, well, in the months when the drive-in was open, to see what was going to be playing at the drive-in for the month. I used to just, that used to just drive me batty waiting for that to come out. No, I don't remember anything like that. I don't but remember that. When, and, you know, the theaters was... used to do it too, right? The theaters would also give out uh, a printed calendar. 
that would no. tell you what was played. Oh, really? Oh, I understand. This must be a Canadian paper, thing. Though. Our local, like, it must be a Canadian thing. Well, I don't know. Like the New Beverly in, in L.A. does, uh, they do printed calendars of what they have coming for the month. So I don't know. I'm just saying in, in our town anyway, the theater had like a, a printed calendar. And then the drive-in also would have one on a street corner behind uh, behind glass. And I just thought that was so cool. No, I mean, what I mean, what you're describing to me is more like what I had to do with with uh, television, because I would always want to catch the Godzilla movies okay. that were playing on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever. Yeah. So every time the newspaper would show up with the TV schedule, I'd be like looking for Godzilla titles. Um, but I I wanted to share my I will never forget from the drive-in experience. <laughs> this is the whole reason I brought it up. I thought you guys might have equal stories. Well, um, but apparently not. I, I don't have any. I the speaker. Yeah, <laughs> I don't so have fair. any. That is great. I don't have any drive-in shenanigans stories. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Okay. It's funny you brought it up in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, remind me where it is so I can look that up again. <laughs> There's only right, so. seventy thousand words in there. I honestly, I, I'm trying to. I mean, it's all about the drive-in. Many of them mention the drive-in. Pretty much. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. All know. right, so we'll discover it together. My, let's get it out of the way. All right. right. My aunt took my sister and I to the drive-in. And I think we were going to watch Psycho 2 was the film. And it was either that or Halloween 3. It was one of the two. I can't remember. But uh, we're watching that, and I'm getting kind of bored. So I look over to the other screen across the way, which I can't hear, right? Because we don't yeah. have the speaker for it. I know. Yes. And, and I see... This crazy thing running out of, skittering out of the woods, and it doesn't look human and whatever. And I'm like, okay, that looks really fucked up. I like that. And then as I keep watching over there, I see a woman give birth to a full human-sized man oh, in her kitchen. Extra, extra. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it fucking changed me. Because I didn't even know what the name of the movie was. Just years later, I saw the, the cover on a VHS at a rental store, and I went, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's it. And it, held, it held your attention more than Psycho 2 did? I love Psycho 2. Yes. Psycho 2 is great, myself. but yeah. I mean, I, not I get for it. a six- or seven-year-old. Like, you're like an eight-year-old, and you're seeing yeah. this. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I have one more. I have one more thing about oh. the drive-in. You know how it, 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 in uh, Tim, you remember where Fenton is? You know yeah. where Fenton is. Okay. Well, you know where the big trash dump mound is now? Oh, yeah. I remember we wanted to film there once. Yeah, and they threw us out. Jerks. Yes. No, but that used to all be flat, and there was a drive-in there. Oh, shit. And uh, one time we were driving back from my cousin's house one night and there was an accident on 44 and we didn't get into the traffic until right after we passed the Fenton exit. And I saw the entirety of the last starfighter on that drive-in screen while we were in traffic with no sound. So nice. That's my, a good movie too. I like the last a, starfighter. 
Yeah, that's I a, saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater with sound. Um, yeah, yeah, you should try it. It's good. <laughs> I, 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 I have. As a matter of fact, I have seen that movie well, with sound. I'm glad. I'm glad you caught <laughs> caught up on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I was ever to compare, like Last Starfighter and um, Flight of the Navigator, kind of seem like companion pieces and i prefer yeah. less star starfighter over, yeah. oh yeah I, over that i yeah. like flight of the navigator though well i mean <laughs> when i get when i oh god damn it here i go telling a story fuck <laughs> all right i the the whole the first time i got to see flight of the navigator was i went with a church group they took the youth to the theater to watch a wholesome family film and it was Flight of the Navigator. And me and my friend said, fuck this. This sucks. Hey, Friday 13th Part 6 is playing in the theater next to us. Oh. <laughs> so we snuck over there. Little did we know, it was going to run longer than Flight of the Navigator, so we got busted. Oh, it was sweet. worth it, though. It fucking was worth it. Of course it uh, was. All right. <laughs> all right, so I, I, we're going to wrap up... Uh, we're going to wrap up this part where I guess we're going to move on to the movie. Um, I want to point out there's 12 different chapters in the film. I, in the in the book, yeah, 12 festivals. Our book. God damn it. Yes, 12 I festivals know the difference. in the book. <laughs> <laughs> there are. Yes. And the, the movie we are going to uh, discuss is in, uh, I believe, 8, uh, Back Bacon Bloodbath. I believe, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Canadian-based films. But the other ones we have are, you know, there we have, like, the Animals Attack. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Kill the Animal Kids. Killed them. Uh, we have kids. Satanism. Yeah, that's uh, uh, the Blood on Satan's B-roll. <laughs> of course you have it memorized. So what I did, I didn't write down every chapter, God no, that's damn it, Scott. Um, I did write down, like, the, the like, I think my my favorite or most entertaining films from each chapter. Okay. So All I'm right. going to run these by you. Sure. So, um, this is the, this is the one that actually got me, uh, on, got you on my radar is because you were talking about, here's the, uh, here's the, um, Oh God damn it. Some Shatner, isn't it? Traumatic. Yes. Traumatic brain injury. <laughs> dude. Uh, I still struggle with it. Um, but yeah, uh, you, uh, you said, here's the list of all of the movies. And I went, oh my God, you guys are talking about kingdom of the spiders. I'm so glad. <laughs> that's that an old, that's way, a favorite. Yeah. Oh, it needs way more love, man. It is such yeah. a well-crafted film. Like it really every is. part of it. It really is. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, no, I love hey, it. If you get a chance, you can listen to our episode on it. Um, <laughs> I converted two people that had never seen it before, and they were All like, right. holy shit, didn't expect it to be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the second one, The Pit, that's going to be The Killer Kids, right? What was the title? The chapter? No, no, The Pit is in uh, is in uh, WTF, What the Film. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Yeah, The Pit is not, it could have gone into uh, Canada, but no, it's it deserves to be in a different category completely. Yeah. <laughs> the pit is a fucking complete trip. It's um, bananas. It's totally shit he, shit bananas. What does he call the 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 killer creatures in the Teddy. pit? Oh the oh the trollologs. 
Tra-la-la-la-la. Tra-la-la-la-la. And then I chose uh, Devil's Reign for the mm-hmm. next one. As uh, yep. another Shatner flick. Yeah, I got two Shats in there. We got <laughs> we got to shat them out. Uh, and also Ernest Borgnine, a melting. Yes. Ernest Borgnine. Yes, and Ernest. John, John Travolta. John Travolta, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He screams out uh, blasphemer, but it's someone else's voice. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's him and under that... Uh, Kind of not great makeup. <laughs> Do not denigrate the makeup. They did the best with what they could. No, I love the melting at the end is great, but just the, the general mask. And oh, you know, by the way, I think, I don't know if it's true, but to me, if you guys, if anyone has seen The Devil's Reign, the mask that William Shatner is wearing in The Devil's Reign when his eyes go, that to me seems like... uh real Michael Myers as opposed to when they said they took a Shatner mask from Star Trek and then carved to me the the the, the devil's reign already seemed like it was three quarters of the way to Michael Myers you know because it had the eyes it had the Shatner mask but the eyes cut out and I'm like holy shit it looks like Mikey to me but that's a great I, movie I absolutely love devil's reign devil's reign is a blast um yeah. and there's lots of other big big actors that you would know from you know other 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 films of that era well, and, and lots of love boats yeah lots of love boat episodes for sure <laughs> you, know, love boat. you got your um, edward albert and it's got tom scarrett and, and ida lapino <laughs> the great ida lapino oh, yeah no it's wait great. yeah don't we have the keenan wind come blowing in Keen and Wynn comes blowing in as the sheriff. Yeah. He gets the old mask treatment too. I I love that movie. And the the Blu-ray from uh Severin is gorgeous. The transfer is a is life-changing because that's another one of those movies. So I saw your post earlier uh tonight online about uh the difference oh. between the Tubi version of the movie we're Ooh. gonna discuss and the Blu-ray yeah. version. And there's yeah. quite a difference. And it's just, the Devil's Reign went through that for years and decades, decades. The first time I saw it was on VHS and a good VHS tape, but it was so washed out. It very much washed out. Then when Severin put out this Blu-ray, it looks like an Argento movie. There's all these blues and reds, and it's just gorgeous. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I... I didn't know you saw that. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, we then I move on. Uh, yeah. what, what's the next chapter? I got popcorn from this one. Oh, okay, popcorn. Oh, that's well, a popcorn. slasher one. Yes, popcorn is in uh, is in Chop Chop till he drop. Right. Yeah. Popcorn no. was great, and I cheated with popcorn because. It's obviously didn't come out in the mid '80s. It came out in 1990. But who gives a shit? It's my book. So it's very '80s. It's very '80s. But it is a very '80s movie anyway. Um, so I put it in there because again, it's another one that I think uh, it came at a time when horror was on a decline. You know, if your name wasn't Chucky, uh, you really weren't opening at the box office. There was no horror. I'm. I keep telling people this in the in the '90s, in the early '90s. Before the second half, when Scream uh, brought it back, there was very little uh, theatrical horror, I should say. There was some direct-to-video stuff. That's when MCA Universal started pumping out their stuff, RCA, on on direct-to-video. 
Chucky was about the only thing that made the theater. Popcorn did. So I saw popcorn in the theater. Buddy and, and I went to it. But it was one of those that just came and went, you know, with a like a gust of wind in the air, right? Uh, yep. Only to be discovered years later again when DVD came along and then there's a reassessment. And then you get the gorgeous Blu-ray that comes down the pipe a little bit later, right? But again, that was one of those that just kind of got lost in that horror kind of slipstream of, of late 80s when people were like, well, let's go watch something else to to mid 90s and and but i'm so glad that people are coming around to it now and uh i all i've always wanted to write about it and so that's really why i put it in the book i i saw it in the theater myself and the only reason that i probably knew it was coming out was again because like dave said earlier i was the kid that was reading fangoria and yeah. gore zone and mm-hmm. stuff like that so yeah i was always you know paying attention to what was on the verge of being out there yeah um, yeah, it didn't do very well. It disappeared pretty quick. Uh, was it, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Tom? He's not with us anymore. The the guy that played the killer in Popcorn. Mm, yeah. Was it Tom Lillard? Not Lillard. No. No, you're thinking of Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Like, wow, I, man. <laughs> I'm going to really, figure. I really liked that actor in, in everything I saw him in. He was really um, good. He was really good in that. I want oh Valanche, no, that's Bruce Valanche. No, uh, that... <laughs> am I right? Was it Valanche? No, it's not Valanche. It's not. It's more like Leonard. I guarantee it. This is just. If anybody silliness. has fast fingers, I'm working on. Uh, someone work on that, please. I uh, his last name is. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on too. Um, <laughs> however, I do remember him very well. Uh, Popcorn is his best role. He. Did mostly the goofy sidekick in films like One Crazy Summer and, of course, yep. from TV's oh. We Got It Made. I know um, him now. Yeah, um, yeah. He was one of the Egg Brothers in One Crazy Summer with Bobcat Goldthwait. Tom. He was the t- tall, skinny one. Yeah, Tom. Someone looked up um, his name? It's no, Tom. I'm, I've been saying Tom. <laughs> yeah no really folks i have a stuck on this i have a i have a book <laughs> hey did you write a book about it <laughs> tom villard there we go see similar to lillard tom 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 villard which is a cross between <laughs> lillard and the bruce valanche that i was going for <laughs> there we're all safe somewhat right there we go we are both somewhat right. And with our powers combined, mm. we can conquer the world. Um, uh. Yeah, he is really good. He is, like, really good in it. Like, the kind of good where I kind of hoped he had gotten some attention for it, you know, just outside of, you know, our little horror circles. Um, I thought he was really, really good in it. But, you know, again, not a lot of people saw it at, at the time. So it's kind of sad. But, yeah, that's a really fun movie. Tony Roberts... Jill Scolan, it's great. Love yeah, it. Yeah, you you pair that up with matinee, you got a double feature. Exactly, you sure do. <laughs> um, so the next one I chose for the from the next group, yeah, Creep Show, and there's a Portmanteau oh, yeah. chapter. Any any, por- any Portmanteau in a storm? Yes. Yes. Um, Creep Show is one of my all time favorite movies. 
Uh, I'd always wanted to write about it. I never had. I'd never done a dust-off on it. So I thought, well, now again is the perfect uh, opportunity. Creepshow is is the perfect anthology movie. I, I can't... Yes. I can't see anything about it that I would have done different. Uh, you have these five stories and it's not a matter of if you like them all or, or what the order is. Uh, it's always a grab bag and your mileage may vary, but I think the stories uniformly in Creepshow are really strong. Uh, and the performances, even, even maybe uh, the episodes that, if I'm going, you know, in the reverse order of the ones that I don't like as much as the rest, still have actors that bow that buoy them up, um, and there's still, if it's not the actor booing it up, it's the great Tom Savini effects, or yeah. it's the wonderful uh, uh, lighting, the comic book paneling, or it's uh, John Harrison's great uh, oh fucking God. music I that I love in it. It's yeah. great. It's just it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And you got Tom Atkins. To, to start it oh, all shit. off, right? That's oh, why God shit. made fathers, babe. That's why daddy's God made daddy. fathers. That's daddy's daddy right, right there. When he smacks yeah. his kid and he goes back downstairs <laughs> and he drinks his beer. and That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. Yeah, no. Creepshow was one of the one of the horror movies that what made its way into my viewing spectrum even before I knew uh, Nick's. So. Do you, do you want to do? Do you want to? Do you want to say the quote? Do you want to try to do the quote? What, meteor shit. No, not one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, that's the <laughs> one I'm talking about. Meteor shit. I think it's actually. I, I think we. I wonder how much they pay for it down at the college. <laughs> um, I think we've got it wrong. I don't think it's meteor shit. I think it's meteor crap. It's not shit. You know? It's shit. It's shit. It is shit. It is shit. Definitely. Okay. Oh yeah. Meteor okay. shit. Meteor shit. <laughs> um, now that's the one thing that's really lacking from the TV show, which I enjoy somewhat. It doesn't do like the cartoonish uh, lighting and transitions. It tries to do the transitions, but it's really minimal. Like you don't get the extravagant lighting, like you know, like an Argento type thing, like the original Creep Show does. There is, there is. I, I, am I like the the Creep Show, uh, but again, it's they're all helmed by different people, different writers, so results may vary. My very favorite of uh, the Creep Show so far, I think, was either in season two or season three. Uh, it starred Breckenmeyer as an astronaut, and it was called The Right Snuff. Check it out. It it adheres to... I know, to, I've seen it. It's, oh, okay, go go check it out. It's called The Right Snuff. It is like reading, uh, if you had a Creepshow comic, this one is like it. It doesn't do, it's not so much, it's the overall feel of it and look of it. It very much plays like a perfect like Tales from the Crypt Creepshow episode. It's, I absolutely huh. adore it. It's fantastic. Check it out. I don't right know why snuff. I don't remember it. Um, all right. Well, next we're moving on to uh, Evil Speak. This must be like Possessed People. Evil right? Speak, no, is uh, Terror in Technotown. Techno. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Terror in Technotown is Evil Speak. Evil Speak is... Um, I think it's probably Clint Howard's best performance. Um, you know, 
again. Aside from Ice Cream Man, I mean. Oh, man, do I hate that movie. I feel like I, I, this is a safe space, right? Yes, absolutely. That, that movie was made by a porno director, and I've seen porno shot that look better and are more coherent. Than that. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was awful. It's just, he's a bad villain. It's badly written. It's badly acted. It's badly, badly everything. Yeah. But that's just me. Hey, it's one person's opinion. Not a fan of uh, of the Ice Cream Man. Uh, Evil Speak <laughs> is a great male version of Carrie uh, with pigs and a Macintosh computer. Um, yes. At, at a... Because at a, uh, he's a nerd. Because he's a mil- at the military academy. Uh, again, you know, a lot of good actors. Uh, R.G. Armstrong... Uh, who else? Well, Clint himself. Um, oh, what's his name? Austin, not Austin Pendleton. A little guy who was in Meatballs uh, 2 or 3 as the, like, drill sergeant. Never oh, mind. With the alien? I'm, I am totally very Off well. the rails. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Evil Speak is great fun, and it has a killer ending where Clint gets completely possessed by uh, Richard Maul from Night Court. <laughs> and, uh, and with a sword, which is just hanging around in the cellar of the uh, military academy, just goes ape shit in a church and is lopping off heads left, right, and center. Uh, again, you know, I appreciate these movies that would just go for this stuff. And, you know, they would have to watch out for the MPAA, uh, especially after Friday the 13th kind of. Uh, you know, uh, pull the fast one uh, over on them on, on the first movie. Um, you know, uh, and things started to get a little more choppy in terms of what made it to the screen. But, you know, there were ways around that that they did. You know, you submit one cut and they go, yeah, they approve it. And then you actually show what you wanted to show, right? And then what are they going to do, right? I mean, that used to happen <laughs> a lot. And, and especially with horror, there's a lot of horror, for instance, in the 70s. That was rated PG. That in no planet or any fucking place on Earth should be rated PG. Grizzly is rated PG. You see a horse's head fly off in Grizzly. <laughs> a lady's arm, bloody arm flying through the air. But, you know, it's suitable for, you know, parental guidance suggested. Yeah, if you want to be there, you can be. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a William Girdler flick, right? That Grizzly. is a Girdler classic, man. Oh, he I'm, makes I'm it. A, he makes it. In, are you a big Girdler? Oh, I love Day of the Animals, man. That is one of my fucking favorite movies. We just I, covered it. I uh, t- <laughs> I have two Girdlers in the book. I have, of course, Grizzly, and I also have the Manitou. Oh, which, th- uh, yeah, that's on my list. <laughs> oh, the Manitou is is so great. <laughs> It is so great. The uh, near the end of the movie, you have Susan. Well, it's a, you read about it in the book. I, Susan Strasberg is on a bed in outer space, topless, shooting lasers out of her fingers, at a at a little person, uh, a little person, a, a native let's... little person as as an ancient uh, demon in outer space. Native little person. Notice yes. the proper nomenclature that, that we're one using. Like it's right down Ben's alley. So. Oh, uh, it's I, great. Tony, I don't Curtis, know. <laughs> Tony Curtis gives a really fun performance in it. Right. Uh, Tony Stella Stevens, Curtis. Burgess Meredith is in it. Ah, it's insane. 
It's great. It's, it's a great crazy. movie. It's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. And that was in 78. You know, like, could you imagine sitting down in the theater in 78 and you're watching this going, what is this? <laughs> a tiny native person pops yep. out of Susan George's back. That's true. Which yes. <laughs> That's right. It's too big of a job for Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right. So, my next one, um, I can't remember what this chapter was titled because, again, okay. I didn't memorize them all. Okay. But, goddamn, I love this fucking movie of unknown origin. Oh, of, un- of unknown origin. Uh, what category is that in? You know, um, that one's in, uh, that's in Canada, I think. I think I put that one in the this Canadian. Is the Canadian one? I yeah, think okay. So. Yes, it is. I picked, I picked this one over curtains. Oh. Uh, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but uh I've unknown origin is a is is a great movie. And again, undersung. Undersung, right? That's why I want uh, again why I wanted to write about it and have more people who are newer to the genre or even some who've been around who haven't checked it out. God, it's so much fun. It is Peter Weller is is great in it as he just becomes oh my God. totally psycho dealing with this rat in his house. Because most this people like rat. Well, I'm hey, giving it away. You said you didn't want to spoil it, um, <laughs> but yeah, most 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 of us know uh, Peter Weller as being the stoic RoboCop. Da, sure. da, da. But I mean, this one, like, he starts as like a real uptight businessman and then loses his shit trying to protect his house from this unknown entity. Yeah. But it turns out it's a fucking rat, and it's smart. And it's and big. It fucks with them. And it's big. And it's, it's and really, really big. And really, I mean, you really should have just left the house, called an exterminator. <laughs> you know, oh, no, gone, no. gone away he's with the wife a, and kid. He's got to prove his manhood, dude. Oh no, I get it. Otherwise, we don't have a movie. We have a ten-minute <laughs> infomercial for for rodent killers, right? So, yeah, that's a great one. I love that. Dave, have you seen of unknown origin? No, no, I have not. There's you better put that on your list. Well, I've got a whole list here in his book. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are things in this book that I have seen, but I, there's a lot of things that I've never seen in here and things that I, I'm interested in seeing. I can say, looking through the table of contents here, it's my entire childhood. <laughs> and even if it's things that I haven't seen, because there are some in here that I haven't seen, I'm still like, I've read about them for my whole fucking life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I hadn't seen uh, in in the last chapter around the weird in a day, uh, I had never seen Santa Sangre. Um Oh shit! By Jodorowsky, and uh, yeah, until it was time to do this book, and like, where has this been all my life? Like, what an amazing movie! Like, just breathtaking. I absolutely loved it. You know, it's so unique. It's so unusual. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful movie. The story itself and the imagery, and and everything. It's just, it's great. It's fabulous. I love it. I love discovering new things. That's, you know, that's, I'm on this journey. I don't just write the book and then that's it. I'm done. No, no, I'm still, I'll be back on Tubi later, you know, seeing seeing what else I can grab or, or hopefully, hopefully you can actually see it. 
We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we got next one I picked. Um, I don't know if the what this chapter was was it Italian or undead, but I picked burial ground. Oh yeah, that's in. Uh, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. Yeah. Hand. Yes. Yeah. That was cute. That's right. Yeah. Thank I you. like that. <laughs> <laughs> burial ground is and again burial ground is not one that i saw first time around in the video store i remember seeing the box forever uh-huh. you know forever and ever and never decided to pick it up outside of zombie when i was like 10 or 11 when i saw zombie outside of that um that was really like it had to stand up to that standard for me so even a video box <laughs> if the box wasn't even going to compare to the smiling toothy grin of the zombie uh, on the box cover saying we will we eat you. We are coming to eat yeah. you. We will eat you. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, there's less of those that I that I checked out. But Burial Ground is um, well, it's of course insane. Um, <laughs> uh, it's completely insane. It's literally just a bunch of people get together at a house. Some shit's disturbed underground the dead rise in a giant mansion and uh, uh plus a 25 year old uh short fella uh is pretending to be a 10 year old boy and sucks on his mom's tit and then bites it off yes oh it's the mm-hmm. best part mm-hmm. for me yeah best part of <laughs> it's classic cinema you know uh i would see that character in bob from uh you know House by the Cemetery. I would like to see. NFL, I would yeah. like to see this guy bite off Bob's nipple because I can't. Because <laughs> I can't stand Bob. <laughs> Not a Bob fan. I like House no, by the Cemetery, but Bob is rough, man. Yeah, he's yeah, absolutely. Um, now, wasn't that uh, that same actor for uh, Bob actor? Was he in, um, oh, what's the Exorcist ripoff? Beyond the Door? Was he in that one? Oh, God. I can't um, remember what other movie he was in. God damn, don't worry well, about it. Yeah, okay, Beyond <laughs> the Door Beyond the Door is about, like, 74, I want to say. So, and you guys. Burial Ground was, like, 81. <laughs> and Burial Ground's, like, 81, so... Well, that's well, that's a different... No, I'm talking about Bob from... Which Bob. Bob, the only Bob, that kid's house name the, in Burial okay. Ground is not named Bob. No, okay, so you're saying <laughs> Bob from House by the Cemetery. Yeah. Okay, and? Beyond the, the Door. No, because no? Okay. those are like seven years apart and okay. they wouldn't be the same age, yeah. Okay, all right. It's not well, him, it's not him. You're talking about the little kid in Beyond the Door who eats uh, cream of mushroom soup right out of the can. <laughs> you know, with a it's, straw it's, it's, with a straw it's it's, it's pea soup it's pea, it pea soup? soup that's right it's, sorry it's, pea it's soup. very prominent they show it at least three <laughs> times throughout the film it's like okay guys we get it he's drinking <laughs> pea soup with a straw yeah. oh it's Great. delicious right out of the can right out of the can that... <laughs> all right it's another one for you, Dave. You can mark down beyond the door or not. The choice is yours. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, just, I'm just amazed you guys are just like able to like spout off the year and everything. You're not even looking things up. I'm, I'm not. I'm 
I'm I'm not the cinemaphile that T Bob is. Uh, only, one, is. <laughs> only one of us has managed to fucking make you know a a, a career out of it. Well, <laughs> that's I, not me. That's no, it. I'm just saying. I I, I just I, sometimes I feel at a loss. <laughs> even whenever I'm just talking to you and Ben, I'm just like, oh yeah. Even the movies I know, I have to look up when they're made. Mate. Just just go with the flow and make it up, Dave. I've done podcasts where I knew nothing about the movie being talked about, and I jumped in anyway. Okay. So we, uh, we're we going to skip the Manitou because we already kind of talked about that. Now we're on to the next one. Uh, no idea what this one was, was, was called, Scott, uh, but I chose Basket Case. Oh, oh Independent. Basket. Well, no, they're all Independent. In a sense, some of them are in, the, well, under uh, duct tape and stardust. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, put it together. Cases, basket cases, uh, just a legendary movie. That one I did happen to see on video when it first came out in like eighty. I want to say eighty three. I could be wrong about that, but I remember seeing it pretty early uh, in its video uh, days and and really liking it. And then the sequels came out like. 90, 91, something like that. Around 91 or so. I think they did two seated. Hennen Lauder, Frank Hennen Lauder made two sequels back to back. Obviously, Basket Case 2 and 3. And those are all, they're all entertaining movies. But Basket Case is, yeah, super low budget, super gritty, appropriate to the time that it's taking place, right in Times Square, New York. Um, you really no get. No permits. You No permits. You really get the feel. <laughs> And the you can almost smell uh, like the piss on the <laughs> sidewalk. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just great. The performances are you know uh, gritty. Some are better than others, but they all work, and they all work with the the tone of the material. And Belial is just a great uh, you know creation, a great little monster in a basket. Yeah? What's in the basket is the question that everyone keeps asking throughout the movie. What's in the basket? kind of became they used to they worked it into the into the ad campaign right which i thought was really clever but it's just a really great slice of of new york sleaze um that isn't i don't find it mean-spirited unless you like the people that you know tore these two brothers apart i don't i think they get what they got coming to them um but yeah it's just a really unique different uh, 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 film and again super low budget but so well made for that budget and I think anytime talent always shines through I think there's there's several movies in this book you know with low budgets extremely low budgets but you know talent uh, you know always prevails I find uh, when people say they're hampered by this hampered by that well you know we've watched movies by low budget guys who just get the shit done and end up making right. entertaining movies. Um, yeah, and that's definitely what Basket Case is. It's Again, it's one of those just perfect little B-movies that, that sums up uh, in a microcosm what New York specifically was like at that time. Yeah, I I was really happy to watch uh, Hinden Lauder grow as a filmmaker, uh, especially when he went from this to Frankenhooker. Oh yeah, I with- love Frankenhooker. Absolute joy, and he learned a lot on that. And you can tell because when he makes Basket Case Two, he's way more assured behind the yeah. camera, and 
um, you know, and, and, and the lighting and setting everything up. Um, part three, I'm not all that keen on, but part two is a, is a fucking hilarious yeah. masterpiece. And don't forget, in between, before uh, Basket Case 2 he had, and oh. after Basket Case, he had brain damage. Brain damage, oh my with, god, with, with Elmer. Elmer. With Elmer, the singing uh, parasitic drug uh, fiend monster. What a, great, what a great drug allegory that fucking film is. It is. The voice of Elmer is done by Zachary, the the uh, horror host. And it kind of sounds like a, like a jolly Bill uh, Bing Crosby kind of, you know, kind of uh, lilt in his voice. Kind of ho ho ho. Like you're watching a Rankin-Bass movie from the 60s. As like, you know, uh, as he's chomping on like someone's uh, dick, or, like, or sucking on someone's <laughs> neck, sucking, putting uh, brain hallucinogen and juice into his brain. You know, it's just it's a wild movie, but it's a great. Yeah, you're right; it's a great drug allegory. He's like a Boris Karloff DJ. This is what he sounds there you, like. There you go. <laughs> That's okay. good. I like that. <laughs> um. So next one, I don't remember what this was called either. Um, the Incredible Shrinking Man, one of my top ten favorite films of all time. The Incredible Shrinking, and again, that was one that I came to see just for the book. I had never seen it before. Uh, its reputation completely is warranted. It's it really is great uh, sci-fi. It's great uh, drama. Um. It's just it's a really nice piece, and I think it 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 says a lot about human nature uh, too. How we uh, we don't want to accept when things change uh, until they're too late. Usually, uh, it's great. It's a great movie. It's well performed. the The effects still hold up. They still play well. The uh, him fighting the spider in the cellar with the needle and and all that still holds up great. It's it's it. I was so glad. Uh, that it was as good as I hoped it would be so that I could write about it. And, and it is, it's, it's terrific. Yeah. It, it, it held up to the book book pretty well. I also, in case nobody uh, knows this little tidbit, there's a scene where there's water droplets coming out of the water heater and mm-hmm. splashing out the ground. And the way that they created it was by filling condoms and dropping films. <laughs> and it works go. perfectly. Low budget ingenuity, right? Absolutely. And then we get our last one. And this would be, uh, as a kid, I always said quarter mass, but it is quitter mass in the pit. Yeah, you always used to say quarter mass too. Yeah, quitter mass in the pit. Um, again, came to it later, right? Uh, the book was a good chance for me to play catch up with some some stuff that I had missed. Uh, Quatermass in the Pit is I think it's brilliant. I think the the conceit behind it that aliens uh, were on Earth from the beginning and actually mm-hmm. implanted all of uh, all of our theology, all of our science, <laughs> everything comes from aliens. This was in the fifties. They were coming up with this, and that was to me was mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like, what a challenge to society at the time to say, "Hey, what about this?" Um, it, there's certainly threads in uh, you know Ridley Scott's work with Prometheus. Uh, you know, 
laying at the at the feet of uh, Nigel Neal and uh, and and the Quatermass series. You know, all these questions that are asked, maybe not answered, but asked, are so fascinating that you're just wrapped. You know, watching them. It's a great movie. It's, I love it. It's my favorite of the well, the actual Quatermass films that they actually made. I think there were only three official mm -hmm. like, film versions. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, I recently, I, I, I remember watching it as a kid. It was on TV. Cause again, we all grew up in the time where all these great movies would be on television on Saturday afternoons or yeah. Sunday nights or Saturday nights as the, you know, the thriller theater and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would uh, catch them and they would really affect me. And watching that one back as an adult about five years ago, I was just like, there's some really heady stuff yeah, like, that we're asked to fucking talk about. Can you imagine being like a 10-year-old kid and you go to the matinee to see Quatermass in the pit and they're talking about <laughs> this stuff and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, have you what? seen... Have you, have you seen it? Well, I think no, it was I have not. But it, there's... Every movie that you've brought up for the ones that I haven't seen, except for I think I may have seen Basket Case with you at one point. That yeah, you might have. I think that sounds familiar, but a little homunculus in the basket. The eat hamburgers. So. Yeah, I I'm almost positive I've seen that one. <laughs> okay. Because when you guys were talking about, it, I was like, that one sounds familiar. <laughs> so. <laughs> But like I've seen a few of the movies that are in here, but the ones you guys keep bringing up, I and and I'm sure I've seen the Incredible Shrinking Man at some point because like the scene like you were talking about with the spider, and wasn't there a rat? No, I don't no. believe so. Maybe there was something else, but maybe that was in the Incredible Shrinking Woman. I know there's a gorilla in that one. Yes, there is. Rick Baker. It's a Rick Baker gorilla. Yeah, I that's not a good movie. But I, I, I do remember the guy fighting <laughs> the spider. Because I watched it as a kid, oh. Scott. I can't. I watched it as a kid too. But well, even I had standards. I saw, if I saw that one, though, once again, it would be like the Saturday afternoon TV show movie sure. thing that's yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. So parts of it are there and parts of it are not because I was also at the time having a massive GI Joe versus Star Wars battle in in front from the TV. Sure. Of course. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you heard this, uh, David, but uh, our guest has just told me that I had no standards as a child. I didn't say no. I said you had to blow. There's a <laughs> It's a Joel Schumacher and Lily Tomlin and Charles Grodin. Those are pluses. Oh, if you got Charles Grodin in there, sure, that's it, automatically I, three stars. Come on. I, I well, it's not for me. <laughs> It's not funny. It's not a funny movie. And it's about consumerism. Oh, consumerism, bad. Okay. And it I'm might good. Be. I'm done. I don't know. It's cute. I, like, I don't, I I don't like, hate it. I'm just bugging. I don't hate it. But it's not. It's not. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Joel Schumacher movie. Well, no, or Lily Tomlin I, movie. Or Charles, like definitely not Charles Grodin movie. <laughs> well, I think my favorite Charles Grodin movie is either King Kong or Clifford. Oh, sweet Jesus. King Kong or those are your Clifford. Charles Grodin? Clifford. Oh, my God. I wish you had said Flipper. Clifford? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> you know what? I just watched I just watched Clifford recently. And 
<laughs> I sat there and I was just kind of going, hmm. hmm, huh? Okay, yeah. I don't think that movie was crazy enough. It needed to get crazier. I think I think it just needed to be funnier. Well, I, I'm yeah, okay with the that's... concept. I'm okay with the con. I like the concept. I love Martin Short. I love Charles Grodin, Mary Steenburgen. They're all winners. I just don't think it works. But again, who cares? No. We're here to talk about horror. Oh, yeah. That's not horrifying. Well, okay, anyway. Well, it's horrifying, <laughs> not horror. <laughs> I guess that's going to wrap it up for part one. Join us next week. We'll have part two where we actually discuss the movie Curtains. Thanks for joining us.